This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. Uh, we've got a great show ahead of us. We're going to be talking to author Carlene Montez de Oca and talk to her about her latest book, Dog as My Doctor, Cat as My Nurse, an animal lover's guide to a healthy, happy, and extraordinary life. So it's a really fascinating read, and it's a real interesting take on how uh, our dogs and cats make our lives better. And so we're going to let Carlene delve into the nuances of the book here in just a moment. So everybody hang tight. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops. Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops. With omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try LicoChops. Buy two, get one free. At Dinovite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. And uh, join us now is author Carlene Montez de Oca. Carlene, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tim. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah, well, we're excited to have you on board and, and love the book, love the concept of the book. So the book is uh, Dog is My Doctor, Cat is My Nurse, An Animal Lover's Guide to a Healthy, Happy, and Extraordinary Life. So tell us a little bit about, first of all, the overview of the book, and then a little bit about how all this came about. Sure. I think that the caption, An Animal Lover's Guide to a Healthy, Happy, and Extraordinary Life, pretty much sums it up. I am an acupuncturist, and I was in private practice for about 15 years, and my focus was always on whole body health, so not just physical health not just emotional health, but mind, body, and spirit. To me, that was the total way people can really live in optimal health. And what I came to discover to my delight was that our animal friends, and in particular in this book I write about our companion animals, so dogs and cats primarily, but how they can help all of us in that pursuit of mind, body, spirit, optimal wellness. And when I discovered this it was many years later, but, you know, it's one of those things like the pieces have always been in front of you for your whole life, but you never paid total attention. So mm-hmm. when I was a um, young child, I was very lonely and it was my dogs at the time who were an extremely, like they were my best friends and they were comforting and loving and all of the things that, you know, helped me during a particularly difficult time. And so I noticed that we had this connection and I thought, well, I guess, you know, I'm the only person who's, who has that connection because you think your relationship with them is so special. But then I got older and I went through a very difficult divorce and it was my cats who actually enlightened me during that time. They were there for me and they helped me go through, they helped me through a lot of anxiety that was, I was going through and some depression and some insomnia, and I've talked about this. I did a TEDx talk recently where I've talked really, I delved into that, how they really helped me. And then what I started to notice, now that I'd become aware of this with my own dogs and my own cats, 
I began to notice that my patients, when I spoke to them about their animals, they would start to share these amazing stories about how a dog had helped them through a really hard time or their cat had helped them through some kind of challenge that they had. And I started to see that they would have reactions in front of me. They'd start laughing or crying or smiling. And I know as an acupuncturist that those, even those little reactions are really important physiologically to the body. And I really started to pay attention and realize, wow, these animals are having that complete mind, mind body health experience on these human beings. And I understood that physiologically, look, that's, you know, the hormones are going off, the really positive hormones that help us to stay healthier. And that's really good for somebody's blood pressure. And that's really good for strengthening the immune system. So I started to see all these correlations that were happening about how animals can help us live healthier, happier, and better lives. And then, of course, now we're seeing all sorts of science backing that up. You know, it, it seems like every day I see a new article on how science is saying, yep, animals are really good for us, for our health. And I think in the times we live in, we need this kind of assistance. And uh, it's a wonderful thing if you live with an animal because they can offer you so much more than just being a pet. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think one of the fascinating things, and uh, back me up on this, please. I often find with clients and with you know, with people I know that have animals, I think they understand this, but they don't, like you said, don't fully recognize the benefits that they're seeing in their life by having animals there, and then they think they're the only ones. Is that a fair <laughs> statement? Well, from my own experience, I agree with you a hundred percent. And one of the funny things that started to happen that I started to notice was. One, I started paying attention that my patients were telling me these stories, and then I started to write the book, and then other people became aware I was writing this book, and even after the book came out, and I would run into people in hotels or at the airport or in restrooms or wherever it was, and people would find out, and they'd start sharing their own stories about, oh, this is my story, this is what my cat did for me, or this is what my dog or my horse or any animal, and I'd listen to them, and I'd be very interested, and suddenly they'd get so excited and so just enthusiastic about their story and then at the end of it it's like they would catch themselves and then look at me almost apologetically and say oh but I'm sure you think I'm crazy and they'd be like no I'm the one writing a book I don't think you're crazy at all and what I started to notice was it was almost as if now they had permission to share that story whereas before they wanted to keep it to themselves as I did because I thought I was the only one but no this is something that's widespread and it's beautiful to see how many people are stepping forward and saying that, like, this is my story and this is my best friend. This is my animal and this is what they did for me. And this is our bond. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, and I think, you know, as you had mentioned, the, the scientific parts are coming out. You know, we're, we're seeing more and more studies at the uh, university level as well as the, uh, the veterinarian level, et cetera, of how animals will lower your blood pressure, how they will get you up and about more active, really give you some extraordinary physical and uh, emotional benefits in your life. In the book, you talk a little bit about some of the stories in, uh, in your own situation as well as others. Is there one or two that really hit home with you that you uh, think would uh, that more than one person came up and said, hey, yeah, I've experienced that too. And I, I thought I was the only one, as we'd mentioned. Yes, I'd like to share. Actually, this is a story that's not in my book, but 
I'm not sure if you saw it. I did a TEDx talk a few months ago, and this is a story that somebody shared for me for that talk, but I wish I had it in the book, but it was so amazing. But this is a woman who actually, she has a, she was working with her husband on a new site, a website that was called dogtrucker.com, and it still is out in California, but it's, it's a really great website, but, and it's for helping people who are traveling with their animals. And she had her dog, and one day her dog began to whine. And the dog would sit under her computer, under her desk at work, and she was looking at her dog, not understanding what was wrong, what was wrong. And this is a golden retriever. And so she took her to the vet, and the vet said, there's nothing wrong. The dog kept whining, kept whining, kept whimpering. And this went on for a while, and she took him to another vet, and the vet said, no, there's nothing wrong. So she said one night, and they had been working really late hours on this website, and one night, the dog began to whine and whimper, and Roxanne, the woman, was very concerned about her husband not getting enough sleep because they were working so much, and so she began to pet the dog and just pet the dog to try, and her name was Kayla, and she was trying to keep her just calmer and quiet, and the thing was, she started falling asleep herself, and so she decided, well, what can I do with my other hand? So she thought, well, I'm laying in bed. I might as well give myself a breast exam, and you know, which women do hopefully every month. And so she started to do that. And she said the moment that she touched her breast, Kayla, who was 12 years old, had arthritis, hadn't jumped on the bed in years. She just leaped onto the mattress and began to scratch at Roxanne's breast. And she scratched it so badly that it began to bleed. And then her husband, Dave, woke up and he, he was looking and trying to figure out what was going on. And he said he touched, you know, Roxanne's breast and found a lump. And so Roxanne went to the doctor and the doctor said, oh my, and she had been to the doctor a month before and they had said, you're fine. Well, this time they found a very fast growing, aggressive form of breast cancer that was in that lump. And he said, that dog saved your life. If, because in another month, things would have, they wouldn't have been able to treat it or help her. So yes, this is an extraordinary story, but it's not so extraordinary that I haven't heard many other stories of dogs. They smell something, and this is what we think. We don't know for sure, but we do know that dogs can sniff out cancer. We've seen that happen repeatedly in tests that they've done where they can. They smell something differently going on, and so therefore, I think it's so important for all of us to develop a stronger maybe more aware relationship with our animal friends, because you never know, they could be trying to save your life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think that's fascinating in many ways, uh, that particular story. So thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, you know, uh, you know, oftentimes when a dog starts acting differently, we think, well, it, it is a physical thing going on with them, which is always good to get checked out, make sure that physically they're doing okay. But then we start to, you know, yeah, you know, as human companions, we start thinking, oh, well, it's, you know, I'm spending too much time developing the website, so my dog needs attention. They're just being a pest. They're being a nuisance, whatever it may be. And when in reality, they're, they may be uh, detecting something physically going on with you that you need to get up and about. Uh, you need to get it checked out yourself. You know, I've had situations with my clients in our own situations where, you know, you're in front of that computer uh, for eight hours a day and you get entrenched in something and uh, you don't have any idea that you've been there that long but a dog will oftentimes or a cat will come up and you know interfere with what you're doing try to get your attention to even just to get up and about 
So you're not getting mm-hmm. stiff and sore. That you're not missing life. You know, you know, you're not missing the nice day, getting some vitamin uh, sunshine in your life. These type of things. And so I think you're spot on. You know, we need to pay a little bit more attention, especially when they're acting a little bit different. They're definitely trying to tell you something. It's just a matter of uh, us slowing down and opening ourselves up to uh, the fact that they are trying to communicate and uh, listen to what they have to say. Absolutely. And again, you know, this was a situation where it was a physical, a physical change or something that that this dog noticed physically. But again, if we look at health, what is health? It's also our emotions. It's our emotional well-being. It's our spiritual well-being. And I also feel that our animal friends can help us in those areas because so often and so often I can share another story about how I discovered this, but so often we aren't always aware when our emotional state is out of balance, but our dogs are, our dogs can notice that and our cats notice that as well in us. Yeah, absolutely. I tell people all the time, you know, that if your animal is acting a little bit different, that's a great time to stop, take a breath, look within yourself, look within the family, look within the household and see what's going on. Uh, there's some sort of shift. There's an energetic shift. There's a uh, something happening that your animal is uh, identifying probably long before you do. Mm-hmm. And so it's a matter of uh, recognize that and make the uh, corrections or do what you need to do to uh, solve the situation. And so I, I look at it as a great opportunity, but we do have to slow down and stop and breathe and, and open ourselves up to it. Yes. And as you say, it's a great opportunity because I think sometimes we as humans, we tend to go to the negative side like, oh, you know, you judge yourself and you say, well, you know, gosh, I'm such a, you know, creep for feeling this way or feeling that way. But instead, if we can be, you know, our dogs don't criticize us, our cats, well, our cats generally don't criticize (laughs) us, but they they tend to be non-judgmental. This is what we love about them. And I always think, gosh, if we could look at ourselves the way our animal friends look at us, we would be much more loving to ourselves, much more forgiving. And those things where we need to make that course correction, instead of giving yourself a hard time that you're not, you didn't do it right to begin with, you could just take a breath, take it easy and just go, okay, well, let me just make a little course correction as much as I can now. And then maybe I'll take a few minutes or moments to myself and do it again and just gently go in that direction. And what's really nice is once you get there, you know, our dogs and our cats like balance. They like that homeostasis where things are even and things are even on keel. They feel safe and life is is better. And it doesn't mean that it won't happen again because our whole life, usually there's things that get thrown at us all the time. But the more we practice that, And the more we have support, like from our two-legged friends and four-legged friends, it's such a beautiful opportunity to help us to be just healthier and happier in our life and just really um, just find all the beauty in life by going in that direction more and more. There you go. Good tidbits there. Good advice. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back in a little bit uh, and talk a little bit more about the book, uh, Dog as My Doctor, Cat as My Nurse. An Animal Lover's Guide to a Healthy, Happy, and Extraordinary Life. And I also want to uh, talk to Carlene a little bit about uh, writing in general, writing styles, and how she goes about uh, crafting her work. So everybody, hang tight. Uh, you're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. 
Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Going to continue our conversation. Uh, the book is Dog is My Doctor, Cat is My Nurse, An Animal Lover's Guide to a Healthy, Happy, and Extraordinary Life. So, Carlene, when people go out and uh, get a copy of the book, read through it, uh, earmark all the great things that they need to remember in the book and all the great stories, what do you hope they walk away with after they uh, read through the book? My greatest hope is is that not only will they develop a stronger, healthier, and just deeper bond with their own companion animals and that they might look to take it to the next level, like this is not just my pet, this is maybe my friend, you know, my family member, and they take it to a higher level, whatever the next step is for them, and everybody's different. But my hope is, too, that they might start to expand their awareness to the other animals that we share our planet with that yes, I know a lot of us say we love animals, but I think we're being very selective. I think some of us are like, we only like dogs and cats, but there's so many animals out there who it would be wonderful if we began to look at our farm animals and our wild animal friends out there because they have a lot to teach us and to impart, especially the more we seem to be getting uh, disconnected from nature. You know, a lot of us are on our technology a lot. You mentioned being on your computer so much, you know, we're on our cell phones and we forget about nature and we forget about how healing nature is and the importance of having that connection. So in many ways, I think our dogs and cats are our gatekeepers to the natural world. And my greatest hope is that people start looking at or be, start becoming aware that other animals have a lot to teach us as well. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I am a huge critic of those folks that uh, are out there walking their dogs, uh, but not paying attention to the dog, you know, on their uh, mobile device, mm-hmm. uh, texting and looking at the latest news and gossip of the world. So, uh, <laughs> so when you're out there walking your dog, spend time with your dog, uh, spend some time with your cat on the back porch, go out and, uh, you know, put up a bird feeder and watch what they are, uh, what they're doing and being part of that as well. So I think it's a great takeaway. So, uh, Carlene, tell us a little bit about writing in general. Obviously, you know, you've written this book, you've written other books, uh, you uh, TEDx talks, a different type of uh, writing and, and getting used to speaking on that. Tell us a little bit about your writing style. Are you uh, a writer that likes to uh, take a topic and run with it? Do you like to massage it a while in your brain a little bit uh, before you decide to put it on, uh, I would say, to, on paper, but <laughs> on your computer or laptop? Uh, how do you go about crafting your work? Gosh, that's a big question. Mm-hmm. Let me, uh, you know, I learn something new every day and every, every day is different. I have 
such a love of writing and a love of the craft. So I'm always trying to learn. So I, I split my day up a lot into learning craft. Like by craft, I mean, for example, this was a a book of nonfiction. And I would like to one day write a memoir. I'd like to write a book on fiction. I like to write sci-fi. There are other things I would like to write, but it's not as though I'm an expert in being able to write that right away. I'm trying to learn as much as I can about the craft. So yes, I've written a couple of books that are follow-ups to Dog is My Doctor. And and one of the things that I have learned, one, is that I need to be consistent. Every day I've got to like sit down and, and write something. So whether it's a blog uh, working on one of my books or an article or a talk, because talks also take quite a bit of writing. I also spend time and I make sure I put a timer and I, I set it down, but I also just make sure that I spend time also journaling. So there are these things that I, I am doing, but one of the things that I have learned, and I have to give it to my animals who have been the ones who taught me this, is I did not feel that I was a very good writer to begin with. I felt that there was a lot of resistance and then there's a lot of that self-talk in your head that says, well, there's better people out there. Are you really that good? You know, those things that you tell yourself that keep you from writing a story that you want to write. And I found that the more I have opened my heart and just been willing to put down on the page really what I feel and open my heart and just be very clear about my truth. And even speaking about this message, you know, at first I was very reluctant because nobody else was talking about it, but now I talk about it all the time and I'm, I very much own that place. But I have found that when I'm really authentic with and truthful and I'm willing to kind of go in there and dig deep and put it on paper and be okay with whatever anybody says about it, the better my writing becomes. So I think these are some of the things that I'm looking at and, and, you know, I look to other writers who inspire me and I see what they do and I, I read different things. I read a lot and I try to emulate certain writers and see, well, you know, what are they doing? So I tend to study the craft a lot. I try to put my time in writing as well and I try to be truthful. So I think that's always going to be at the forefront, at least for now, but I think it's a shifting process. I think it is. I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen it over the years, but uh, the more you write, the better you get. You know, I, I look at some of my early work. It's like, well, that, okay. I'm glad somebody bought that. That was perhaps not what I wanted. And, right. and then also, you're, you know, I most of my stuff is nonfiction, but it, it's, it's, I think you have to be diverse. I think you do have to look at other writers. You have to look at other topics and, and look for ways, whether it's uh, to write a fiction piece, a memoir, a novel, uh, an article, or a book, whatever it may be, uh, the key behind it is find the things that are, you have interest in, the things that you have uh, background in, and write it. Just put it out there. And I think that uh, the more you do that, the better your work gets. And uh, the most important thing is, you know, your message gets out there. So even if at first you're not the numero uno, number one best-selling author out there, which there are some, but very few, it's more important to get it out there and get your message out. And I think that's the key. I think so. I think in the end, you know, the, the older I get, the more I realize how important it is to really follow just your guidance, you know, just whatever that is, you know, you, I think for many years, I tried to put mine on the shelves. And now I'm, I'm very clear when things come up to just be there. And as much as it may seem like, I don't know that that's the next step. I usually your guidance will take you where you need to go. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And just uh, nothing to it but to do it. Just get it out there. I, th- I think that's the key. I talk to people all the time and I said, well, write, you know, if, if you thought about writing a book, writing an article, writing something, write it. There's so many different avenues you could go right now. And if you're just uh, honest and believe in what you're doing and just get it out there, I think you're, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to be all right. I also think that there's one thing that all writers, I haven't read or haven't heard of one writer who doesn't experiences, but it's resistance. And understanding the many faces of resistance, which I was not clear about until now. And now I'm pretty clear when resistance says, oh, no, you know, maybe you should do this instead today. And I'm like, oh, that's resistance. Or maybe you should go get something to eat. Or maybe even though I just ate an hour ago, or maybe you need to clean the house. And now I'm getting it. All my excuses I'm now seeing were just some form of resistance. You know, it's And I think resistance has to do with keeping you in a comfort zone, keeping you safe, all those good things. But for me, one of the greatest things is realized where my resistance is in all of its many facets. And so I'm glad I have this understanding now about what resistance is, because that's helped a lot in allowing me to keep writing. Yeah, I think that's a good takeaway. Definitely a good takeaway. So, Carlene, where can people find a copy of this and your other work? Where can they follow you uh, and see all the great stuff that you're doing? Absolutely. My book, Dog is My Doctor, Cat is My Nurse, as well as my follow-up book, Pause for the Good Stuff, and that's spelled P-A-W-S. Pause for the Good Stuff is a dog lover's journal for creating a happier and more positive life. And in the fall, I'll have the cat version of that, Pause for the Good Stuff. So those books can all be found online through Amazon. Dog is My Doctor can also be ordered through any bookstore, and a number of bookstores do carry the book still. And um, I'd also love it if people would go on YouTube and check out my TEDx talk, which is called The Life-Changing Powers of the Animal human health connection. And I gave that talk just a few months ago, and I think it's a good one. So I hope people can check that out. Otherwise, I'd love it if people come to my website, and that's called animalhumanhealth.com. Animalhumanhealth.com. Fantastic. We'll make sure we get all that posted and get that out there as well. But everybody go out and check out all the things uh, that Carlina is uh, doing. Definitely check out her TEDx talk. That was a fantastic talk. And uh, pick up a copy. A Dog is My Doctor, Cat is My Nurse, An Animal Lover's Guide to a Healthy, Happy, and Extraordinary Life. Carlene, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, let's keep in touch. We'll look forward to talking to you again somewhere down the road. That sounds terrific. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of the show today. I want to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I want to thank our producers and sponsors for making this show possible. If you have any questions, ideas, comments, people you want to hear from on the show and be interviewed, drop us a line. You can drop us a line at PetLifeRadio.com. And while you're there, check out all the other wonderful shows and hosts. And uh, there's just a plethora of great stuff on there. That's at PetLifeRadio.com. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Put it in a blog, a post, an article. And who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Everybody have a great day. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.